Welcome to the Drive Phase Podcast, the best podcast for information on issues surrounding sports business in the Caribbean. On the Drive Phase, we have discussions with sport administrators, coaches, athletes, and various stakeholders in the sporting industry and examine their contribution to sports and entrepreneurship. Here's your host, Dalton Myers. Thanks, Colleen. In this episode, we discuss gymnastics with Danusha Francis. Noosh, as she is affectionately called, has qualified for Tokyo 2020 and will become only the second gymnast to represent Jamaica at the Olympics in the sport. She has represented Jamaica at the World Artistic Gymnastic Championships as well as the 2019 Pan American Games. Danusha, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Uh, talk to me about training. How has that been going since your new fame? <laughs> um, training is always the same. Um, obviously, since the World Championships have been over, um, we're back into the gym, but it's less intense, less routine, a bit more skills, keeping everything ticking over and having to get some new moves as well. So question, doesn't Vince give you a break or anything? Um, yeah, so straight after the World Championships, I went on holiday to Marrakesh. Ah, okay. Right. Yeah. So let's go through what happened at the World Championship. So talk us through, you know, what went through your mind headed into the championship, through to podium training, and then the different routines. Okay. So um, obviously we knew that it was the Olympic qualification, and um, we all knew that it was sort of only one person from each country can qualify, and it's the top twenty um, individual all-rounders after the team selection. So. Um, yeah, it's the stakes were high for everyone at that championship. So in training, everyone was pretty relaxed. Um, I think everyone at the world level knows that training is training. So everyone was professional, getting their job done. Um, it was great to be training with my Jamaican teammates, sort of cheering each other on, very supportive. Um, on to podium training and getting to see the stadium for the first time. The arena was absolutely amazing, uh, really big. Um, the Germans, they really put on a great show. Everything was so well run. Um, but obviously, when it's that spectacular, it sort of adds to the pressure and makes you sort of know um, just where you are and what you're about to do. Um, podium training, though, um, still very relaxed. We had a lot of time um, on each of the events to get used to the equipment. Um, and everyone in our subdivision was had a good sort of day on podium training from what I saw. Um, and we had a good laugh as well. We were in a group with Sweden. Um, one of the girls actually trains at my gym with me, so everyone was getting on really well because we had that sort of um, relationship with them and everyone got to know each other through that um, friendship that we already had, which was really, really nice. Um, and I was really happy with how my podium training went. I was a good confidence boost going forward. But um, yeah, the night before, I remember being really scared. That was when, not scared, but just like nervous. And uh, my fiance got into town that day and sort of asked me how I was feeling. And I tried not to think about it all day. And then when he asked me, I like started to cry a little bit because it just means so much to me. And um, yeah, it wasn't even from the nerves. I think it's just like you've been waiting for that day for so long. And finally, we were there the next day. Luckily, we sort of had quite an early start, which I preferred because you don't have to wait around all day okay. thinking like what's going to happen tonight. It was nice to just wake up, get ready and go. Um, and yeah, and so we had a good warm up, all of us. And um off to the competition we went and same as podium training it was all really well run and you really felt like you were there at the world championships competing for a spot at the olympics um which is amazing but also very nerve-wracking um i definitely felt my nerves um more than i have in a long time which just sort of showed me how much it meant to me but i was able to keep enough composure and um really pull off all my routines 
And yeah, and then eventually, after my last routine, I knew that I'd put myself in a good spot to hopefully qualify. So it was a great feeling. Um, great to go around with my teammates from Jamaica and the two girls from Sweden. We were all really supporting each other. And yeah, I couldn't ask for more. You finished with a uh, 50.982. Uh, you did you know, very well across all four routines. On that day, which one would you say you did your best on? That's a good question. So I scored my highest on bolt, but it's kind of a higher scoring event anyway. But I was really proud of my beam routine. Um, I think beam is always the most nerve-wracking event for every gymnast or for the majority of gymnasts. So to be under that much pressure, and I really had a great routine with hardly any bubbles. And then once I landed my dismount, it was just like a full feeling of relief left my body. And I was just like, Phew. thank God for that. Um, so I'm really, really proud of my beam routine. It doesn't quite reflect in the score. I'd say they were maybe a little bit harsh, but um, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. It was that feeling of relief and happiness that... Yeah, so I was definitely most proud of my beam routine. Talk to me about what adjustments you thought you needed to make after the Panam Games. And I, I was watching you in the finals and I thought you you were well composed. You had a minor mishap or error on the beam, but yeah. you would have adjusted that certainly for the World Championship. What training or what you needed to do to adjust for the championship? So the Pan Ams was brilliant timing. Um, Firstly, for just for confidence, doing a big event just before the World Championship. But also, um, Vince and I went to some of the judges and got a bit of feedback. So that was particularly on bars. Um, and then from that feedback, I changed one of my skills um, from a shuttle shape into a pike shape. Um, it might sound like a minor change, but it was quite a big deal. Because when you've been doing something in a certain shape for sort of, I don't know, 10, 15 years, to change it is very like psychologically challenging. Um, but yeah, I managed to do that and then that allowed me to um, boost my bar score by a good amount. So that was my tactical um, thing that we learned from the Pan Ams. Um, and then the mistake I made on beam in the final at the Pan Ams, um, on the first day I did slightly an easier version. And the second day in the all-around final at Pan Ams, I did the harder one. And again mm. in the final I did the harder one and made the mistake. So at the World Championships, Vince and I decided to play it safe go for a slightly easier version of the skill um, just to make sure that I felt confident going in and also just to have that risk of falling because obviously that's where you lose the maximum amount of points. Mm. Another question I wanted to ask you, there's this discussion with some of your routine and training. It's about dislocating the shoulder. Yeah. I found that rather interesting. And for the listeners, this was a discussion on social media where I think someone had posted a video of one of your yeah. routines. And it included, I think it's on the uneven bars, I think it was. Yeah. And it includes yeah, dislocating the, the shoulder. Yeah. So it's on the uneven bars. And so the men do this skill quite a lot because their bars is that much skinnier and they um, have bigger hands. So it makes it a lot easier. But for the women, it's really hard. And I think over the whole time of gymnastics, less than 10 people have done it really because it's that difficult. So at the moment, I believe I'm the only one that's competing it. So I really like to sort of play to my strengths and Vince um, calls it a flower. But in your routine, have something that the judges just sort of haven't seen in a long time and definitely sort of not that day. And it'll just make them think, wow, and leave an impression and hopefully um, help your score. So yeah, if you imagine mm. you're holding like a pole in your hand <laughs> and your hands are sort of palm up and then if you were to put your feet in between from the bars behind you 
and then lift the bar to your height and then you have to sort of dislocate your shoulders to make that movement just to try and break it down so people can understand (laughs) (laughs) I was also watching the video and I was like whoa another routine and one of your favorite is the beam I think you had said and your mount and dismount has been a topic of discussion across the world actually Uh, what makes that so special for you and is that something you keep working on Yes, I've been doing my mount for a long, long time now. And um, it's named after a gymnast called Silavash. She did it, um, I want to say the 90s, but don't quote me on that, a long time ago. <laughs> where I think gymnastics, <laughs> people sort of try to stand out because it was out of 10 back in the day. Mm-hmm. So you had to try and stand out. Whereas now you can just get on the beam really simply and get on with your routine and you can make up all the points on the beam and you can get a start value that's way above 10. Mm-hmm. So when it was an even playing field, people definitely pushed the boundaries more and I kind of missed that element of gymnastics. So that's why I do the mount. It isn't really worth much. I don't actually count it towards my score. <laughs> but I think if you can get on the beam in a more interesting way, start your routine off, grabbing the judge's attention and the audience's attention, then why not? So that's the reason for the mount. And the dismount similar reasons and again sort of like the bar skill played to my strength yeah so I've definitely become known for the dismount and um, nobody has ever done it besides me so I would love to see Jim up in the future um, attempting it and especially if they come with Jamaica yeah, yeah, well, I'll tell you this much. I enjoy watching, but it for me the the fans sometimes it's a bit scary for us. Just watching to you know, we just want to ensure that you execute it perfectly. But the beam is yeah. always always interesting for us to watch. Thank you. All right, so you've been doing this for a while. The last time I asked you, you said you have been doing uh, gymnastics from an early age. At what age did you start? And have you ever thought of giving up on the sport? So I started gymnastics when I was five years old and one time that sticks out in my mind that I did think of stopping and um, this was when I still competed at Great Britain mm-hmm. and I became really, so I was on the world championship team and then a week before I became really ill and um, lost loads of weight and became obviously really weak so I couldn't properly do my routine and then I ended up being the reserve for the team but instead of just sort of being respectful about the decision um, the person in charge really humiliated me and then I just thought it's not really worth like worth it at the time and as a teenager as well like when something really gets to you it makes you really low I felt um, so yeah that was the main time I'd say in my career that I thought about giving up and then also after I graduated from college in America I actually did stop for a year and a half Oh. And then I picked it back up. So, yeah, I did have a really long break in the middle there. Talk to me about Commonwealth Games. That was another moment that you weren't too happy in the sense that you, you thought you could you should have made the team and that was another opportunity for you to kind of showcase yeah. to a, a larger audience what you could do. Yeah, so initially coming back into gymnastics after that year and a half break, um, I wanted to compete at the Commonwealth Games. Um and yeah, obviously, you've got great teams at the Commonwealth Games where you don't have America, um, Russia, China. There's a really great chance to sort of make an impact for um, Jamaican gymnastics. So I really thought, okay, this is a great time to really put us on the map. And I was really determined to get back in, like, in shape and ready to make a difference on that team. Um, but yeah, the decision was out of my hands. 
and um, they decided to only send one winner, which one reason he completely deserved the spot. Like I was just coming from um, time off and stuff like that, and I would never ever wanted to take his spot away. But I was just hoping that they would send one girl or one female and one male. Um, yeah. But obviously, I've learned. I'm 25 years old now. I know that things happen and people have to make decisions. So I mean, yeah, life goes on. Um, and you know, there is another Commonwealth game, so <laughs> the door's not completely closed on that. <laughs> Which means then you're saying to all of my listeners that Tokyo 2020 is not the final major event for you. You're looking forward to Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. It's not definite. <laughs> um, I know Vince would like it. I know my family would like it. Um, especially those that are here in the UK because they can all come and watch. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's in the back of my mind. But Tokyo first and then we'll see. Anoush, at your age, in terms of gymnastics, a, a lot of gymnasts would have kind of given up by now, not looking forward to any major championship. What kept you going uh, to say, well, you know what, I, I'm going to make this uh, Olympic team? It's just sort of like that young girl in me um, that hasn't fulfilled that dream. And knowing that I still could in terms of physically, like my body was fine, psychologically, I was um, happy in the sport, um, absolutely love my coaches. There was nothing stopping me, so I thought that in years to come, if I didn't give it another try to fulfil the dream of competing at the Olympics, then I would regret it in years to come. And if I hadn't have qualified, you, you never regret something that you did do, whether yeah. you tried and you failed, or you, you're going to regret more not trying at all. When you reflect on this journey, what what are some of the takeaways for you? What are you know in terms of this journey towards qualifying for the Olympics? Oh, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> some takeaways for me, hmm, probably just to really believe in myself. I would say this year I was really focused on achieving my goals more than ever. I would say I used to sort of have the goals, but I didn't want to own the goals. Whereas this year I really owned every single goal and I was able to make them happen. And I think that determination and that sort of saying your goals out loud, writing them down. Um, I even made a vision board at the beginning of the year and then leading up to um, the World Championships, I rewrote the goals of qualifying for the Olympics, rewrote it almost every day, had it above my mirror, saying like, I will do it. Um, so yeah, I think that would be the main takeaway is owning your goals. If you've got a goal, you can't sort of half onto it. You have to just really believe in it and really go full speed ahead. Awesome. Now, Jamaica has been working on gymnastics in terms of trying to produce uh, more gymnasts. Well, what do you think this means to young girls you know, from Jamaica who want to make it to the big stage in terms of gymnastics? I think it's amazing. Um, we've now got more facilities and um, I'm actually coming for um, a quick trip to Jamaica. Um, I believe it's the 30th of November um, to see the new facility and just like talk to some um, Olympic Association staff and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm excited to see it all, meet some of the gymnasts. But yeah, I think obviously we're all sort of the top of Jamaican gymnastics. We're um, building up momentum, getting better results. Um, and then hopefully that gives them the chance to see people doing that and think, oh, I can do that. And if we keep improving, then it's going to be a snowball effect. And in the years to come, Hopefully we'll see Jamaicans on the top of the podium.
What legacy do you want to leave? What do you want people to remember Danusha Francis for? I want people to remember me for pushing the innovation and pushing the boundaries of the sport and not just sort of playing it safe, but having fun with it playing to my strengths and also looking back I'd love to be remembered as one of Jamaica's first winner. I think that's an incredible achievement and something I'm excited to sort of share with my children and grandchildren in the future. Great. Another question I thought I would ask, what's next for Danusha Francis when you decide to retire? Not suggesting that this is it or <laughs> um, come games, but what next for you after this? Next for me, um, so I've done a few stunts. I'm actually on one at the moment. So um, that's in like movies. And so I'm really enjoying the experience. And so I'm probably looking to doing a bit more of that because yeah, it's a really cool Great. All right. So I'm going to call some names and I want you to tell me what comes to mind. Are you ready for this? Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Vince. Legend. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, let's just talk about that a bit in terms of you're saying legend. Yeah. What, what kind of coach is Vince? Vince is always in a good mood um, and he's just like coaches you as a whole person. In that way, I mean, when we go on trips, he doesn't just make it all about the gymnastics. Um, he's able to have fun and, like, wants to explore the country, have, taste the food. Um, and, yeah, and when I look back from trips when I was younger, I remember, for example, Vince and I went to Europeans together when I was younger, and I remember segueing around Berlin with Vince. I don't remember anything about the competition. <laughs> and I think, yeah, I thought it was really important. And that's, um, yeah, one of the reasons why he's a great coach and like someone that I think oh, will be in my life forever. Okay. You're saying Bolt. I do. Why? I just love how you saying Bolt was fully himself. And I know, I don't know if that makes sense, but he's just, his charisma, his energy, it all came through. And in a sport like sprinting, you don't really get to show your personality, but he managed to. And um, yeah, he just sort of represented the Jamaican athletes as sort of creative, strong, um, and then, yeah, that was something that I want to be as an athlete. And, yeah, and then I, when I was lucky enough to meet him, um, he exceeded all my expectations. It was just absolutely so humble. And, yeah, I, I just can't say enough about him. And it makes me so proud to be on his team. Elliot Reed. My love. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you're grinning. And, and he has been there in terms of supporting you throughout, hasn't he? Yeah, big time. Um, he's actually also half Jamaican too, which is um, amazing. And um, we went to visit his family in Kingston last year. Okay, and just for the listeners, Elliot Reed is Danusha's fiance, and both are getting married soon, aren't you? Yeah, we'll get married um, summer twenty twenty one. Great. Um, so I'll be I think busy next summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next, next summer will be a busy one for you, isn't it? Yeah. For that young gymnasts coming up who may be listening to this uh, at some point what advice would you have for him or her the advice i would have for young gymnasts 
is to not compare yourself to others. Um, and I hope that they would have a coach that will listen to them and that will coach them as an individual. So I think gymnastics is a sport where people have such different sense of weaknesses. So I hope that they can have a great relationship with their coach where they can speak up, they can give their opinion on what is working for them. And yeah, my other advice would be to always just enjoy it because it's going to take up a lot of your childhood and then maybe your adulthood as well. So yeah, enjoying it. And yeah, just being the best enough that you can be. Don't compare yourself to others. Gymnastics has gone through um, some tough times, especially in the USA, US gymnasts. And also... Earlier, we also heard about a gymnast who had an unfortunate incident during, I think, training. What advice yeah. do you have for you know some of these same athletes who are looking on and want to continue this sport? First of all, obviously, all our thoughts and prayers go out to that that gymnast that had that accident recently. That's absolutely terrible news. Um, and obviously, if anyone read that and it's put them off the sport, I would say that was a freak accident and um, I think it's such a psychological sport so if you have any doubts in your mind then make sure you're doing your skills in a safe environment um, not to say that that's what happened to her but just yeah. as sort of a warning um, and in terms of all the stuff that's gone on in the US, I think again it's about speaking up and it's hard because it is such a young sport people are in the gym from as young as five or younger so to have a voice that is very, very difficult, but if any sort of positive can come from that situation in the US, is that people are speaking up and can be that example to younger girls that will maybe read the stories and see what happened. And if they realise they're going through something similar, they can realise that it's okay to, or that it's good to speak up. Mm. Do you foresee yourself starting a charity or outreach project or some level of advocacy, Danusha? That's a great question. Um, well, right now, I, I don't have that sort of financial, um, <laughs> in that financial position. But in the future, um, if I am, then I would absolutely love to give back to the sport, um, give back to Jamaica that got me to achieve this dream. Um, yeah, so it's definitely something I would think about in the future. Um, for sure great what about you that we haven't discussed so far that you think you know what I'd love Jamaicans to know me as someone who is hard working dedicated and appreciative okay. of all their support maybe I would love for Jamaicans to realise how much I appreciate their support so every single comment that I see on social media I've never felt so much love and I think well, it really um, motivates me every day seeing the positive comments to reach this goal and yeah I honestly awesome. felt more supported this past year than I ever have in my gymnastics career so yeah thank you to each and every person that sent me a positive comment and yeah and just to make her the day away and juggle for this opportunity because it's a dream come true and I just cannot wait to be out there with the flag on my leotard Alright, great. And thank you very much also, uh, Danusha, for just representing Jamaica and for just going out there and continuing to wave the flag of Jamaica all the time. We, we really appreciate it. And I, I say that not just for myself, but certainly all the listeners and, and a very grateful nation and a Caribbean nation 
that looks on regularly to the work that you're doing and how much you represent us in the Caribbean. Thank you so much. I'm so appreciative to have met you, Dalton, along this journey. <laughs> All right, Anusha, thank you very much and we'll talk. Thank you. Bye. On behalf of producer Rashika Grant, engineer Andre Sawyers, my program advisor Marsha Boyce, thanks for joining us on this episode of The Drive Phase. Remember to check out our website. It is available. Uh, so visit at thedrivephase.com. Make sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher so you'll never miss an episode. Remember, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or any podcasts you use. Go tell a friend about the show so they too can spread the word. Feel free to send feedback, comments, or questions to thedrivephase at gmail.com or look us up on Twitter or Facebook at thedrivephase or use the hashtag TDP. Until next time, see you then.